Chikako telephoned Kikuji's office. Are you going straight home? He would be going home, but he frowned. Well, you go straight home, for your father's sake. This is the day he had his tea ceremony every year. I could hardly sit still thinking about it. Kikuji said nothing. The tea cottage. Hello? I was cleaning the tea cottage, and all of a sudden I wanted to do some cooking. Where are you calling from? Your house. I'm at your house. I'm sorry. I should have said so. Kikuji was startled. I just couldn't sit still. I thought I'd feel better if you would let me clean the cottage. I should have telephoned first, I know, but you would have been sure to refuse me. Kikuji had not used the tea cottage since his father's death. In the months before she died, his mother had gone out to sit in the cottage from time to time. She did not put embers in the hearth, however, but carried hot water with her. Kikuchi would wait uneasily for her to come back. It troubled him to imagine what she might be thinking, alone in the stillness. He had sometimes wanted to look in on her, but to the end he had kept his distance. Chikako rather than his mother had taken care of the cottage while his father was alive. His mother had but rarely gone into it. It had been closed since his mother's death. A maid who had been with the family from his father's time would air it several times a year. How long has it been since you last cleaned the place? I cannot get rid of the mildew, no matter how hard I rub. Her voice was brassy. And while I was about the house cleaning, I wanted to do some cooking. The idea just came to me. I don't have everything I need, but I hope you'll come right home. You don't think you're being a little forward? You'll be lonely by yourself. Suppose you bring a few friends from the office. Very unlikely. Not one of them is interested in tea. All the better. They won't expect too much, and the preparations have been very inadequate. We can all relax. Not the slightest chance. Kikuji flung the words into the telephone. A pity. What shall we do? Do you suppose... Someone who shared the hobby with your father? But we couldn't at this hour... Shall I call the Inamura girl? You're joking. Why shouldn't I call her? The Inamuras are very interested in you, and this will be your chance to see the girl again and have a good look at her and talk to her. I'll just call her up. If she comes, it will be a sign that as far as she's concerned, everything is settled. I don't like anything about the idea. Kikuchi's chest tightened painfully, and I won't be coming home anyway. This isn't the sort of question you settle over the telephone. We'll talk about it later. Well, that's how things are. Come right home now. How things are? What are you talking about? Oh, don't worry. I'm just being bold. The venomous persistence came at him over the wire. He thought of the birthmark that covered half her breast. The sound of her broom became the sound of a broom sweeping the contents from his skull, and her cloth polishing the veranda, a cloth rubbing at his skull. Revulsion came first, but it was a remarkable story, this marching into a house with the master out and taking over the kitchen. She would have been easier to forgive if she had limited herself to cleaning the cottage and arranging flowers in memory of his father. Into his revulsion flashed the image of the Inamura girl, a vein of light. Chikako had drifted away after his father's death. Did she mean to use the Inamura girl as bait to draw him near again? 
Was he again to become entangled with her? As always, she had made herself interesting, however. One smiled ruefully at her, and one's defenses fell. Yet her obstinacy seemed to carry a threat. Kikuchi feared that the threat came from his own weakness. Weak and quivering, he could not really be angry at the importunate woman. Had she sensed the weakness, and was she hastening to take advantage of it?'